Welcome to the. <laughs> I already got nervous. <laughs> Stage right already. Okay. Home staging isn't just a job. For many small town stagers, it's a lifeline and an escape from the soul crushing daily grind. It certainly was for us. We're talking about it all and sharing our stories, successes, and failures to inspire and empower other overworked and underappreciated creatives everywhere to become the entrepreneur of their dreams. It starts now. Welcome back to the Staging Lab podcast. Today, we are talking about how we became disruptors and why. This is going to be fun. We're finally having the tea. Um, This is something that we've never really all the way talked about. And it's time. It is time. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous. Yeah. To talk about this because we know the price of this. You know, the more we talk about what we find problematic in the home staging industry, um, the the more we're going to get you know, hate. Yeah. We're going to receive hate mail. We are going to, please don't send us hate mail. Please don't send us hate mail. But if we do, if you do, I'll read it. We understand. (laughs) We will hear you. We will hear you. But that being said, it is something that we really need to talk about because I don't think a lot of people really are willing to talk about it, first of all, because of the reasons we're about to discuss. And because it's such a new industry, no nobody's really in charge here. Yeah. If you don't (laughs) hear what we have to say, I guess you only think that it goes one way, right? You only think that that way is the only way to do it. Absolutely. And it's not, it is not, it's not, there are always many ways to skin a cat as they say. (laughs) Yes. And we're here to disrupt in a good way, in a good way. We want to bring positive changes to the home staging industry. And until somebody brings up the problems, Unfortunately, that's not going to happen. And so we're here to be the ones, I guess. We need to be here for our small town people. Yeah. I feel like a lot of everything that's out there is for bigger industries, bigger cities, bigger budgets, bigger budgets, bigger budgets. And that's what we experienced. So when I first started trying to find some education about how to become a home stager and how to set up a home staging business way back in 2016, when I was still living in Chicago. I was bombarded by one particular staging education site, we'll say. I'm going to try not to name names here, but I was horrified. Should we call it just like the Academy? (laughs) (laughs) Well, this one, this one was actually um, more specific. It was one individual stager who was selling a staging course but the ads were ridiculous. It was like a used car salesman. The energy was all like really crazy bright colors and everything was loud. And it sounded like the copy sounded like she was shouting at you. And, and it was all about how much money you can make and this and that. It sounded, it sounded like an MLM. It sounded like she was selling me an MLM. And I'm not going to lie with the, my design background, I was embarrassed embarrassed at the graphic design and the branding. Like we can do better. Like, wow. Wow. Okay. So I'm like, okay, maybe I haven't found 
the the more official stuff yet, which was true. So I kept digging. I tried to ignore all the pop-up ads and all the emails and everything that I was getting from this one particular person. And instead I tried to find, you know, what's the governing body of home staging? Is there like an official academy sort of thing? Yeah. And I found a few. And so if you are in the home staging industry, you know that that sort of nobody's really in charge here. Like I said, I mean, there's a couple different um, organizations that are the bigger names, the bigger names, yes. widely More accepted well as the governing bodies, but no one is official. It's still an unregulated um, job. So anybody can call themselves a home stager. There is no licensure, um, but a lot of people want education. They want to know what they're doing and they want to not reinvent the wheel when they start their business. And that's what I was looking for. I was looking for some guidance. I already knew the design stuff. I needed somebody to tell me how the nuts and bolts of a home staging business worked, especially in a small town with a small budget. Well, it turns out <laughs> that's not a thing. Uh, at least it wasn't then. And so I found, you know, the couple governing bodies and I looked at the courses that they recommended. And again, I was absolutely mortified at the graphic design and the branding and the web presence of these organizations. And I still am to this day. We are designers, home stagers need to start acting like it. Yeah, you need to be in the forefront. You need to be at the forefront of design. We should be leading the charge. We should be the ones, we, you know, home stagers have the flexibility to incorporate whatever design styles they want. They don't have a third party homeowner client yes. telling them what they like and what they don't like, like an interior designer would or a graphic designer would. You know, your client who is paying is the homeowner or the realtor, but the person you're designing for is the buyer. Yes. So nobody gets to tell you what to do or how to do it. You make the judgment call as the designer. That gives us so much freedom. And when you think about how much we, you know, we as stagers know how much first impressions and visuals matter. So branding and graphic design need to be on the same level as the staging, if not higher. It needs to match. At the very least. Right. And so that was our first experience looking for guidance and, and whoa, did we not find what we were looking for. So as time went on, we eventually ended up biting the bullet and investing in one of the recommended courses because we felt like we had figured out, you know, a lot of the problems as they yeah. came up. But there's a lot of questions that you have when you're a new home stager. You know, when do I buy a truck? Do I buy a truck? How do I find movers? Um, how does warehouse organization work? What are the logistics? What are the contract clauses that I need to have in order to keep myself and my business safe? What kind of insurance do I need? Lots and lots of questions like that that are you know nothing to do with design. And if you can't find the answers to those, then it is absolutely exhausting. Yeah, that I remember when you were telling me about the course, and I said, "Well, let me see the booklet. I'll take it home. Give me your like big packet, your big binder." Yeah. I combed through the whole thing and was like, this is, there's nothing here that we don't know. There's nothing. Or that we couldn't easily find somewhere else. And some of the advice was so unbelievably irrelevant and out of date, not just because we were in a different kind of price bracket, but because it was just way out of date. There was a recommendation to put your business in the phone book. There was a recommendation to get your get your home, small business on the radio. Like that's maybe a good idea in some places, but I mean, it is not 1992. Wow. Yeah. So 
it just seemed like we had just paid what a thousand dollars or more, maybe somewhere between a thousand and twelve hundred to take a couple time. step back in time. Yeah, to take some steps back in time <laughs> to get some bad advice and to be told everything that we already knew in a badly organized fashion that made us feel even more scattered. Because you, if you get to the end of a course that the industry has said, yeah, this is the one that you, this is the, the really good one. This will teach you what you need to know. And you get to the end of it and you feel like you still have no idea what you're doing. You're going to think it's your fault. Yes. You're going to think I didn't apply this, this information correctly, or I don't have the skills or I don't have the knowledge. Or you'll focus on the wrong things. Right. Right. Which may even be worse. <laughs> it really, it really might be worse because some of those little things that we had to find out. You don't know they don't work town, until you try them. Yes. You don't know they exist until they happen. You yes. don't know something doesn't work or does work until you try it. And you are constantly researching new topics, trying new platforms, trying new strategies, and you have to just keep throwing things at the wall to see what sticks, you are constantly having to start from scratch. And so you're going to listen to whoever tells you what to do so that you're not overwhelmed all the time. You don't have that decision fatigue. You're like, oh, great. I'm going to do this thing because somebody told me it works. So I'm going to really dedicate myself to making it work. But if it doesn't work for you, you think that you're the problem. Yes. So we, as time went on, kept trying other people's advice in the industry and seeing over and over again that the advice that we were being given didn't apply to us. It didn't apply to our market. It didn't apply to our budget. It didn't apply to the size of staging organization that we were trying to build. It didn't apply to our hometown. And that's one of the biggest things that I think stagers in big cities who are training other people don't understand. And that is that a market like LA is so drastically different from a, so different. a market like Akron, Ohio, where we are in so many ways, it's almost unfathomable because you're talking about a population that is because the, um, the area is a little bit lower income, actually quite a bit lower income. And it's a, you know, economically depressed area we tend to be behind the times when it comes to the design curve because things sort of trickle down to us. And that also means that people in our area had barely even heard of home staging when we yes. were trying to sell it. And these home staging um, courses and trainings and resources were telling us that we should just be able to, you know, sell staging no problem to realtors because it practically sells itself because it's so valuable and they, they, but if they've never even heard of it, you've got a huge barrier to entry already that they're not considering at all. You have to educate your market about what home staging even is in the first place and you why they need it. something that they don't even know that they need. Yes. At all. Yes. And so the way that you sell is drastically different because of that. And the way that you build your business is drastically different because you don't have that much money. I mean, a lot of people right. in small markets like us are bootstrapping it. You're starting from practically zero, or maybe you have like a thousand dollars on a credit card or $5,000 budget or something like that, but you don't have thousands and thousands of dollars to start. And it's not as easy as finding one good client that believes in home staging. And then they refer you to all of their realtor clients. And now you're busy because you're good. You know. That's how it works in a big market sometimes. Yes. That's how easy it can be because everybody understands that staging is valuable and necessary in those markets already. 
And they have, you know, in big cities, they can rent furniture. Yes. It's, I mean, there are just so many differences. It's easier to find cheap labor. Mm -hmm. It's easier to find uh, maybe a used box truck. Um, And they have wholesale resources that we don't have out in the boonies. They have all kinds of resources and specific things that are different in their area that mean that the way that they're teaching how to build a staging business becomes a total non-helper. I mean, it's absolutely useless to somebody in a completely different market. And, you know, no offense to these people who are creating what is probably a really great training for their market. For big cities, that training is probably great. It's perfect. People are probably building large businesses off of it in big cities. Absolutely. But All if you're not and you don't want to, yes. there's really not anything out there. No, there really isn't. And if you're starting with, you know, zero dollars, there's nothing out there to help you figure out how to do that. And what I found is that when I started talking about how you can build a home staging business from zero dollars, we got home stagers who are kind of ahead of the game or in a bigger market knocking us down and telling us, no, you can't, don't tell people that. Yes. You shouldn't tell people that because then they will just become, you know, the kind of dregs of the market. They will just charge, they'll undercharge what everybody else in the area is charging. They'll undercut other stagers and they'll never get where they want to go. That's making a lot of assumptions. Yes. Yes. 100%. (laughs) And we also know that this works because that's what we did. That's what we did. And we started have, with nothing. You have to have grit to do this too. Yes. Again, you have to have a reason why. Anyone else who just thinks that they're just going to start a home staging business because it's like, oh, that sounds fun. That's cute. <laughs> that It's not going to last very long. And they'll find out very quickly. Like maybe it's just yes. a little bit too much for me. And, you know, maybe they don't have the passion for it. And they don't have the whys. You got to be a tough girl. Or guy. Yes. Yes. You really do. It's not the fluffy job that a lot of people think it is. You know, it's it's manual labor and it's managing a warehouse and it's um, operating within the real estate industry, which moves fast and is and can be very stressful. So it really takes a lot of grit to even run a staging business, much less start one in an area where people don't understand they need it with next to no dollars. But if you have that kind of grit, and we found out that we did, then it absolutely can be done. Yes, it can be done. And you can have an awesome life where you do get your time back. Yes. And that's another huge difference between what we saw and what we were looking for out in the home staging industry. We wanted to create a business that felt good. We wanted, like we were saying in the last episode, we wanted to work to live, not live to work. We wanted our business to support our lives. And you know, when you when you decided that you wanted to go back to work instead of just being a stay-at-home mom, and I don't mean that as in like just yeah. being a stay-at-home yeah, mom, yeah, totally. stay-at-home moms are my totally. heroes, but you decided you wanted something else in addition. And when you went looking for it, it wasn't for the money. It wasn't for the money. It was for the fulfillment. And you were not looking for a huge career that was going to take over your life and, no. and mean that you never spent time with your kids. No. And a lot of these trainings teach you how to create a a huge staging business that has a big budget and a huge warehouse and a lot of employees and a ton of stagings every month. That's how they teach you. Like, listen, as a mom, I've got a ton of responsibilities now. Not that a small business isn't a lot of responsibility because it is. It's like having another child. It is like having another child. But when you have 
a huge business, that's a lot of weight on your chest at night it is. because it's not only that it's for your own family, but now you have all of these other families yes. that you are, you have to make sure you can provide for. Yeah. And that is a lot. And that's not something that I wanted either. I wanted something no. like, can I have something like right in the middle? Right. And right, I right. could. And last week was like, I feel like kind of smacked me in the face. I haven't even talked to you about this actually, which is funny <laughs> is um, last week. I was like, wow, this is so amazing. I literally probably for the first time ever had no guilt. My daughter was out of school last week for summer. And I took the whole week. Basically we did one staging. Mm -hmm. I think she went with to her friend's house for right. one staging. She still had a great time, but I was with my girls all week. We went on my dad's boat. We went swimming. We did all the things we had ice cream. All the summer things were like, I abandoned all responsibilities, basically. Not all. I was working <laughs> for my phone. You know, we had, right. I had the capability to do that. Because we've created a business that allows that. Yes. I was intentionally like messaging people like this is. I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. <laughs> and it's summertime. And like, oh my gosh, this is. The life. The life. This is so good. This feels so good. Yes. And I finally was able to just like abandon responsibilities for a week to just soak in the sun. I'm such a sun baby. I was yes, like, me too. oh my God, this feels so good. I love this life. Yes. You know, and you, it's, I'm just so thankful, but it's so funny that once in a while as an entrepreneur, you have those times that like just smack you in the face, Yeah, you know, cause it's hard. Sometimes it's really hard to get through. There are lots of ups and downs, but then when you have those like weeks, this like is them, those why big I moments, you're like, that. oh my gosh. Yes. And the, just the ability to be able to do that. And you can't get there. The freedom. Unless that's, you have to begin as you mean to go on. Yes. And that's something that we had to learn the hard way over and over and over again. We kept trying to follow, again, follow um, other stagers advice, follow the advice of the course that we had invested in, follow advice of the industry. And every time we did, it felt like we were creating the opposite of the life that we wanted. It was so we busy, so hectic, away. We so were hustled. so stressed. And both of us have had a lot of medical issues over the last few years, all, almost definitely as a result of that very, very intense stress. Yep. And, you know, chronic migraines and surgeries and illnesses and immune immunity issues. I mean, stress is, it'll kill you. Yes. It'll kill you. It is not worth it. If you feel that stressed now, that's not to say that some people running huge operations don't absolutely love that. Yes. They thrive They're off built of it. for it. But if that's not you and that wasn't us, then that's not the business that you have to create. And there are other ways. And so once we started realizing that we always did better when we came up with our own solutions, uh, we realized that there's probably other people out there like us who are feeling so lost and so overwhelmed and they're going to give up. They're going to quit yes. if they don't get the kind of help that we can offer now that we have solved these problems. And so it, in, in good conscience, we couldn't not teach other people. Yes, maybe they haven't thought about it this way. Right. We have a very different perspective. You know, we're, we're kind of at the, like the bottom of the barrel, not to hate on Ohio. We love Northeast Ohio. We are both obsessed with where we live. That's why we live here. But you know, it, it is lower income. It makes our jobs very, very hard. When it comes to design, there are just so many other things that everyone has to worry about yeah. sometimes. 
than that. So it makes it a little, our job's a little bit harder. It does. You know, people aren't going to see the value of design as much in our market from the beginning. People aren't going to have heard of home staging. People are less likely to invest in anything because incomes are lower. Realtors are making smaller amounts on the properties that they're selling. They're harder to talk into staging in the first place. And it becomes necessary to have very, very low cost, um, business systems and processes in order to keep your prices low enough so that people can even afford your staging. Yes. And that's a very, very different situation from what most stagers are dealing with. And so that is why, in a nutshell, we became disruptors in the first place. And it is very almost begrudgingly because we are both uh, recovering people pleasers, we'll say. Yep. Yep. (laughs) We are every day. It's a, it's a struggle every day. We don't, we don't want to um, rock the boat. We're not boat rockers, but here we are because we know (laughs) that you need, you need what we have. You need the knowledge that we have and we are here to offer it up because we don't want you to get stuck in the places where we got stuck along the way. We want to help people make this easier and more doable so that you can create a life that you don't feel like you need a desperate vacation from all the time. Your life feels already like that vacation because you have created it intentionally and there are ways to do it. We've come up with so many creative ways to keep our costs down. I mean, that's what, that's how we became famous in the first place. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Famous quote unquote, but we went viral on TikTok, like wildly crazy viral on TikTok because we created that you may have seen it before. If you follow us, we do um, our home staging beds are made out of folding tables. And it's a really, it, you know, that hat came out of necessity. Yes. We needed to figure out a way that was more cost effective so that we could have bedrooms in our stagings because we couldn't afford to have a whole bunch of mattresses. We couldn't afford to store that. We couldn't afford to move that. You know, there are a lot of reasons why we ended up coming up with all of these creative hacks and necessity is the mother of invention, as they say. Yes, that's true. And it certainly proved true for us. So we have tons of ways to keep costs down, ways to sell to a small market, just so many creative ideas about how to solve all of the problems that we encountered along the way. And we are so excited to share all of them with you. Cannot wait. Can't wait. All right. In our next episode, we are going to be talking about why the hell you should even listen to us. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that, you know, we've sort of showed a little bit about that, about why we are experienced in this particular, very specific area of creating a home staging business that isn't enormous, but still creates a life that you love in a smaller market with a smaller amount of money. That's a very specific problem that we have solved. And we thought about renaming this episode, but you know what? No, (laughs) like it is what it is. Why the hell should you listen to us? Yep. Well, one reason is because we are so, so tired of the negative attitudes in the staging industry. Yep. It can be so catty and so like on new message boards, condescending on message boards. We see new people, new stagers asking a question and stagers who have experience, who have been in the business for years, just talking down to these people or being like, Oh, not like that. Or that's completely wrong. I would never 
never do that. Here's a great example. Um, Early on when we were struggling with how to set our pricing, because we knew that pricing was an issue for us. We knew that we couldn't charge as much as other stagers and other markets, but we also knew that we needed to make sure that we weren't undercutting other stagers and that we were making enough money to get by. And you know how hard that is? Because listen, out in LA, they're charging like what? One or 2% of millions of dollars? Thousands and thousands of dollars. And here it's a different story. Um, And so when we were trying to figure out how to set our pricing, I asked on one of the the message boards, does anybody have any uh, recommendations for setting pricing in a lower price market? Here's what we're doing currently. And I very vividly recall one particular stager among many all saying similar things, but this particular comment stood out saying, I don't even leave the, I don't even, I won't even go out the door for anything less than 2000. Yes. And I remember that. It hit me so hard. I was it was so condescending the way that it was worded. I wish I could specifically remember it, but it was just, it shut me down. It was condescending. It was dismissive. It made me feel like I shouldn't even be in this industry. Yeah. It made me feel so stupid. And I was so frustrated because I, I already was at the point where I was thinking about other stagers and I was like, well, I've got a fairly thick skin and I'll get over this and I'll figure out a solution that works for us. But what about all of these other stagers out here who are just getting shut down over and over again, condescended to, they're not getting their questions answered. They're all going to quit. And some people would say that that is just, you know, survival of the fittest. I don't believe that. No, 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 no. Because a lot of this is building the confidence as a new stager and finding different answers and being open to different answers. Absolutely. Absolutely. There are are different, different people have different lives, extremely drastically different life experiences from one another. And we all need to remember that. Yeah. F that guy. F that guy. (laughs) So that's, (laughs) that's just one reason, you know, among many, why you should listen to us is because we are here for the positive. We love inventive ideas. We know that the market changes. We are here for the changes. We want to be in front of them. And we know that everyone's life is different. Everyone's yes. dreams are different. Their businesses are different. Their circumstances are different. And we are here to hold space for all of that. We're going to love and support all of those. Absolutely. Did you just start? Is it a hobby? Do you have a trailer? Is your husband helping you? Is your son or daughter helping you? Are you doing it alone? We're here Are you for frustrated? It all. Are you thinking about quitting? Are you right on the edge of leveling up. There are so many places that you can be where you feel. Yes. That's one of the hardest spots to be actually when you're right at the edge of leveling up, the world kind of punches you in the face a little bit to test you. so true. Like, Hey, uh, uh, you really want that? Like this. And you got to fight through that. So yeah, you do. And so there are so many points of the journey where you can just feel really vulnerable and have a lot of questions that you're afraid to ask because of the just hate that you end up getting spewed at you. So no dumb questions here. No dumb questions here. We are here to change that. And we hope that you are along for the ride with that as well, because it is time to change up this industry and bring some positivity into it. And we are here to do it. It really is. So why the hell should you listen to us? Well, we are going to explain exactly why, and we we hope you you come along for the ride. We'll see you there. New episodes of The Staging Lab are published every Thursday, so check back with us weekly for support, laughs, inspiration, and no BS advice about starting a soul-centered creative staging business in today's disconnected world.